Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. All right. Welcome, 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 Direct Impact listeners. Today, we've got an amazing episode for you on tap. We're with Carol Sanford today. And Carol, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Great to be here. Yay. Uh, We've been really looking forward to having her on the show. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Carol. Um, She is a best-selling, award-winning business educator. She's a summit producer and Wow, I just have to say that's no small accomplishment. Um, She's a podcaster and I've listened to her podcast. And if you are an entrepreneur or you are, you know, starting a business, this is definitely something you want to tune into. She's a TEDx speaker and an author. She's got several books out. She's all about helping the entrepreneur and business organization. And she is consistently recognized as a leader. She helps with Fortune 500 companies, executives, and she is just an amazing human being. So welcome, Carol. Did I get all that right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you. That was very kind. Well, you're a very accomplished leader. And I, again, I've listened to your podcast. I love what you have to say and just your wisdom and wealth of knowledge. And I feel like our listeners are going to get a lot of gold nuggets from you. (laughs) Well, I hope so. I like to be useful. (laughs) Yeah. And today we're going to talk about how to engage and create positive change on a systematic level. We're also going to talk about how, when we do these things in our businesses, in our lives, we can kind of like change and impact the world. We're also going to talk about how to awaken your consciousness to replace unproductive patterns with higher level thinking. I think we could all use that (laughs) for sure. It's true for sure. Yeah. So Carol, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your book, you know, what our listeners just can take away from your lived experience in the business world and with <clears throat> entrepreneurship? Well, I'm uh, called. I was called from a young age by my grandfather, a positive contrarian. And so, if you listen to my podcast, you'll discover that what I'm doing is critiquing Harvard Business Review one article at a time, and giving you an alternative. And they're very disruptive ideas. But just so before I tell you what that means, the companies who work with my ideas uh, increase their revenue by 35 to 65% per annum for the first five years. And then that calms down a little, but it stays way ahead of what the average Plus, they do it all responsibly. They are mindful of stakeholders in society, of Earth, etc. And all that's, I'm not a consultant. I'm an educator. 
but the ed- education I run with many companies together at one time now so that they learn from each other and I do it all online. But what my concept is that I think makes the difference is learning to really think differently. Because if you keep using the old ideas you've had about how to make things work, as Einstein said, you're crazy, right? You get the same result over and over. So Uh I call my work indirect work. Consulting and programs and everything are direct work. But indirect means that you are developing capability to be able to take on huge, very different things. And uh, where direct work means you try and put in a program to show them how to do it. So we make people smarter and more able to take on things. I did want to mention that I have ALS because I speak with a slur now, which is one of the side effects. But people tell me they can still understand me. So making sure we all good. We are all good. I understand you very well. And um, and the slur is not even noticeable one, but two, I mean, the concepts that you have and are bringing to the table are all that matters. (laughs) Good. I I agree. Uh, So uh, it's any. I can go many directions with this. But there are a couple of things I might throw out that would be helpful. One is, I believe you have to be in a community of lifelong learning and developing your ability to see the world differently. There's only one thing that you said that would make one change to on introducing me, which is I work systemically. Uh-huh. You said systematically. Systemically. Uh-huh. Yeah, which means we learn to do things that they make a change for the whole system. So not only the company, but the people in it, the communities they live in and the planet we live on. So that's like the whole system. Now, how do we do that? We meet monthly. So I'll give you an example of a company. I work, have worked with uh, Google seventh generation since you you have a lot of entrepreneurs so let's talk about a smaller like seventh generation we met monthly to develop the capacity to think systemically like how living systems work and for example we work on personal development so if you're doing strategy for your business you learn to ask the question are we reactive in how we do that like against competition or how we were last year because most companies when they're smaller way too reactive you can move up to being ego which means you're driven by trying to be better than everyone else which i know sounds good but it's not (laughs) because it causes you to be distracted and then the third way is purposeful where we are thinking about what are we serving and uh which buyers and we learn to not think of niches and the kind of way most people do but to understand the lives of customers and consumers your distributors the channels and when you make that little change and we do that in the first week where you learn to catch yourself as a team when you're being reactive or ego and mm-hmm. learn to manage your state and work differently so That's the personal development side. 
but that affects your strategy because if your strategy is reactive, you're always distracted. And then many other things like that. So people learn how to manage their personal being, but then they learn how what the essence of their company is. So that's mm-hmm. a strange word, and it's unusual. Most people do a brand, which is kind of your personality. The essence is embedded in a company when it's first founded. And each of us as human beings, you, Andrea, me, we each have an essence, which I think we're born with. It's hard to know, but it's yeah. so so clear our whole lives that that's what differentiates us. And it's an inner piece of work. It's not what you do, but it's who you are. So, for example, I love uh, that. Yeah. My my essence is more related to disrupting certainty. So as soon as someone tells me what they're going to do, and I can tell that they're not thinking in a more whole, complete way, I disrupt it by a series of questions. And if we get lucky, I'll get to disrupt you. And the reason for that is not to be mean. It is to be more thorough, more complete, more systemic. And mm-hmm. so my way of working is coming in monthly uh, or they join my community monthly for a several hour event. And each month you're growing for your entire life. And I have people who are like seventh generation. I just had an EVP from Google here came to my apartment because of me, all people are coming to see me. But the point is, they're working for their entire life in a community with me. They're not learning tricks, but they're learning to be a different kind of entrepreneur, a different kind of leader, uh, whether mm-hmm. you're in a big company or not. If you, you look at my book, the forwards are all written by CEOs of uh, big companies like Numi T, like DuPont, like Google, because they have changed to trying to, instead of trying to get a list of best practices, they're trying to learn who they are and how to build a company that has not only revenue growth, but meaning for their entire lives. So mm. there's kind mm-hmm. of an overview. Uh, I, I I love you, Carol. I think you and I have a lot in common. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist and I specialize in process disorders. And so because of that, I disrupt thought process too. I challenge with candor in a very non-shaming way, someone's thought process. And I wonder sometimes if it's rooted in reality and we just get curious and we question those things. And it sounds like you are doing that with all of your pupils (laughs) who are are learning (laughs) under you. You're, you're shifting the mindset away from scarcity and into abundance. You're challenging the thought process and you're looking at it from a perspective of legacy it sounds like uh, leaving a legacy a positive legacy through their company but also through who they are as leaders all right i want to tell you about brain fm some days our focus is stretched thin different sources of stimulation regularly wear on our attention 
working from home can obviously exacerbate these issues. At best, curated playlists can be a crapshoot. Whether they'll actually push you to be more productive, who knows? This is why we use Brain FM. These guys have neural phase locking audio technology and fire soundtracks that shift your neurons into focus mode. Visit brainfm.com. That's www.brainfm.com. Use the promo code Direct Impact for great discounts. That's Direct Impact with no spaces. Now, visit the link in our show notes. There's uh, one thing I should add that's very important to how I work is I don't work in therapeutic way. I'm glad you're there doing that. I work in an educator way. And what Uh I do is teach people frameworks to help themselves change themselves. I'm not, I have no attachment to anything I say to people. I say, don't trust me. Absolutely never take what I say as truth. Because all I'm doing is providing a framework. So I gave you one framework, reactive, ego, purposeful. There's also many other work, work frameworks to work through, which include things like mental energy. Can we see where we are? And so the questions I ask are to get them to observe themselves. And so uh-huh. uh, I also work with something called levels of energy. And yeah. if we end up on automatic energy, then we're kind of doing what we always do. So the disruption is to help people get off automatic. But you can get to conscious mental energy. And conscious mental energy is where you learn. It's almost like meditation in motion. Wherever you are, at work, at home, you're able to see and say, oh my goodness, I'm now, I can see I'm on automatic energy. And I'm putting out the same stuff I always put out, behaving, inviting people the same way. And if I can observe myself, I can stop that. So one of the reasons um, people come for many years to work together is not only me and the frameworks, but other people in the group who are respectful of people being able to change themselves through using frameworks, through using self-observing. So when mm-hmm. I'm an educator, I'm teaching them how to use ancient frameworks. I grew up with a grandfather who was part Mohawk, mm-hmm. uh, part of the Iroquois nation. And he was raised uh, in a place that had a couple of hundred years ago and not, not real recently been a native reservation. And so the way he taught me was to be observing mm-hmm. or learn to watch myself. Cause he said, we know you don't get that school. You don't get it from your parents. You get people telling what you should value and how you should behave. So my work is to disrupt the behaviorist model of rewards, recognition and other people telling us feedback. Uh, anyone else telling us what we should do. So when I'm disrupting, I'm using a framework. They know what framework I'm using. So I'm not seen as having any power over them. And as I said, I constantly warn them, don't trust me. I'm not an authority. I don't call myself an expert. So it's a philosophy of things. 
Well, um, and I, I like what you're doing there because it's don't trust me, trust the process, trust the model, trust what we're no, working trust towards. Yourself. No, trust yourself. That's no, no, the, don't trust anything outside of you. Trust only yourself and your capacity. So in this moment, help yourself become conscious and trust your own lived experience by trying it out. Because it, we have been conditioned with behaviorism to trust only experts. Like I'm a psychologist too. And so uh, trust the, the psychologist or assume to be smarter and better than we are. Can tell us and we uh, so I know I mean I don't know how your psychotherapy works, but it sounds like it. Yeah, not not like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we uh, don't assume so, assume to know better than the client knows about themselves. <laughs> right, right, right. And so learning to be able to try, try things on, learn to watch ourselves with a framework. Like, mm-hmm. uh, am I being reactive, ego, purposeful? Can I see mm-hmm. that? Can I tell? Can uh-huh. I learn to develop me? So my philosophy is don't trust me. Only trust yourself. Uh, I love that. And, yeah. and then if you have processes and frameworks, you can use, you can learn to tell that. Because when we first, people first come into my group, they can't yet trust themselves because they have old information about themselves and about how the world okay. works. Uh, uh-huh. And so I say, have an experience with me and now reflect and now trust what you just got but don't trust it because i told you yes trust it because you tried it out and now you can see what works for you right oh my gosh like that is the gold nugget that is the gold nugget Mm -hmm. trusting yourself building that and trusting that authenticity knowing who you are and using those strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of similarities there in the sense that nobody knows you and better than you do. And so trusting yourself, trusting your gut, trusting and knowing your strengths and utilizing them is the most important part of our journey. I think period, be it leadership, be it in the workplace, but just in life, it's, you know, living in integrity, knowing yourself and knowing that what works for somebody else isn't necessarily going to work for you because you're an individual. And if you in a company, when I'm working with companies, we start with getting something called corporate direction, which means Mm -hmm. it's based on the essence. And even like in working with DuPont, which is over 200 years old, we go back and we start with the finding the essence of the company, and then individuals can feel what the whole is that's working on. And you personally have a corporate direction. And of course, sometimes you don't feel aligned with, with the company's corporate direction. And learn, But most people, when they go get a job in a big company, are drawn to something there, uh, either the subject matter or a particular way of leading. And so once we have these cognitive, as you were saying, an authentic connection to self and to company, you we don't any longer need the kind of supervision and management we normally use. And so we become much more self-directed, self-aligning company. And that's part of why it gets able to make good 
revenue return because everybody's on the same page. And mm. that comes mm. by getting those kind of clarity about myself and the company. I I think that that is so important when it comes to especially the larger companies that you you work within. It's yeah. that essence of who they are as, as a collective. I'm going to forget what movie it was, but it was a comedy and it was great. And it was all about Google. <laughs> I think it was called like the internship or something like that. I don't know if you yeah. saw it, but they basically would say it was about it was within the Google company. And when they did something a certain way that felt a certain way or achieved a certain goal, they would say they, they would use a term like that's googly or something like that. Right. But it's like, yeah. that's the essence of what we're about. And there was no word other than that, that could reflect the feeling. And it was, that's really, it, that's, that's very neat to be able to channel that and identify like this is our essence this is what we're about these are our core values and we're living them out well and of course yeah they i work still inside of google and they call themselves googlers or the uh, google googlers or i think that was it now, like being a googler the, the kids were something we need to add to this because it does not contain what you're saying it does and they have a statement about that they create knowledge being universal. And that is really the corporate direction that you believe that everyone should have access. And so, I mean, there are <clears throat> a bit of craziness sometimes about how they go about that. But creating the, the two founders were driven by their, the concept of shared knowledge because knowledge is power and knowledge held in some hands over others is called authoritarianism and so it was really a deep when people say googler they're really meaning that people are following a shared corporate direction about what really makes the world work and they uh, also i don't think it's in their value statement anymore but that they don't do anything wrong. Now, for them, wrong meant uh, <laughs> more like what it is that takes power away from people and puts it in only small number of hands. And so mm -hmm. it is a very deep meaning when they say it. So, yeah, as like, like in seventh generation, their corporate direction had uh, two prongs to it. One was that people were transparent. You didn't have secrets. And they put, every time they discovered they made an error, they published it. And so that was part of their corporate direction. The other was that they wanted uh, integrity in what people said. So if they, like with Walmart, they would be hear them say something, but find them doing something else, part of their process was calling Walmart up and saying, you said this, do you do that? But you're doing something different. So this integrity yeah. was uh -huh. really important. They ended up being able to help Walmart create more transparency in their own packaging and their marketing and wording. Uh, Lee Scott invited, and I got to go uh, with Jeffrey Hollander and help them work on that. So if you're living it, whether you Google a huge company or a Sims generation, which is 
now owned by Unilever, you have to live from what your SNC is, what your corporate direction. And mm-hmm. sometimes they get cute names like Google. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I like the, I love it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Morrison Dental Associates. They provide confidence, comfort, and comprehensive care to Savannians, and they have everything under one roof. At Morrison Dental, the patient always comes first. They offer superior treatments and cutting-edge dental technology to include implants, Invisalign, pretty awesome, oral appliance therapy, and they address sleep disturbances and snoring, which really helps you get a good night's sleep, and we know how important that is for your mental health. I love Morrison Dental because they give back to their community. They support mental health initiatives. They contribute financially to support Heads Up Guidance Services to ensure that all motivated individuals receive the quality mental health and recovery counseling they need and deserve. Hugs is also our, at Direct Impact, our charity of choice. And we are grateful to have civic-minded community partners like Morrison Dental support their mission. To learn more about Hugs and how your business can support mental health in your area, visit www.hugs.org headsupnation.com. Check out Morrison Dental by visiting mdadental.com to see all the amazing dental treatments and quality care Morrison Dental can provide. When you support businesses like Morrison Dental, you support low country mental health. Thanks guys. You know, I just keep coming back to the very first comment you made in this is one, it's a part of knowing yourself, but man, were you known by your grandfather because like your candor and your disruption and, you know, it is a true gift that you are giving to the, in a massive way to these large organizations. And I just want to honor that because I, I love the confrontation and the, the connection that can happen through confrontation and the growth that happens through candor. So I just, I thank you so much. Well, um, let's, let me, let me shape that a little because I don't describe <laughs> what I do that way. Because Really? Are you, are you? <laughs> it's disruption, but candor sounds like I know I'm right. I'm very mm. careful to be know that I wrong so much of the time. That's why I say to people, don't trust me. I'm going to be really good at giving you ways to look at things, disrupting your current way of holding it. But again, it has to come back to trusting yourself, uh-huh. not me as a person who knows more than anyone else. I have to have no attachment to that I'm right. And if people don't implement what I said, they are wrong. They are trusting their own lived experience. So I don't use the word candor or uh, what was your other one that I said I use a disruption. Well, anyway, I think it's really, really important that I say in my own school, in my own shoes, and not have anyone else feel like I'm telling them that I know more than them. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, I, I had to explain. No, I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> and again, and again, I, 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 that's what I was honoring about you. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So before we wrap up, because I know we do short, pretty short interviews on this right. podcast, but 
tell me a little bit about your book and what our listeners can, um, your, your most recent book, because I know you got a few of them out yeah. there. Tell us a little bit about what the reader is going to take away from your most recent publication. So I encourage people to never think about taking away something or be telling them what to take away. To come, the book itself is written in a very strange way. It's full of case studies, so you can see this really happened. But it's called Indirect Work, and it was a number one Amazon bestseller for 90 days. So not just a bestseller on the top. I, I'm so excited about that. So indirect work means you don't teach people values or behaviors. You teach them how to learn how to be in the community, and how to work on their consciousness. Those are the three indirect ways you work. Now, because books, when people read them, they tend to underline with the highlighting or taking notes. I tell them, don't do that. There's what I call intermezzos in each, between each chapter, which says, stop and look at how you're reading here. Are you reading and taking my ideas? Or are you reading, creating your own ideas? Because <clears throat> if you're borrowing my ideas, you're not necessarily uh, learning to reflect, to question, to trust yourself. And so mm -hmm. I have a series of questions between every chapter that ask people to in inspect how they're doing. Are you borrowing my ideas? Are you using this and the questions I'm offering to generate new ideas, new thinking for yourself. Mm -hmm. And some people, uh, I had my pre-readers to do that. And several people sent me back notes and said, well, I didn't get all the way through the book, but I stopped and started writing my own work. I said, great. And those who said, well, I underlined the whole book. It's great. I'm going to copy everything you told me. I thought, oh, boy, I have a failure. So that's how the book works, uh, and I think why it spreads quite a ways. Okay. You have a hope for the reader. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. What is, and what is that hope? Is that they're going to learn more about themselves? and Yeah, about and how they take in learning. So yeah. epistemology is all about how we learn. In this culture, we assume the expertise is somewhere else. Don't assume that we can challenge and discover, but you have to read differently. You have to, like when you say, what are the takeaways? And I said, I don't want anybody having my takeaways. Uh -huh. uh, I don't want to tell you what they should take away. What I want is people trusting their own lived experience by learning how to examine it, learning how to disrupt it. Uh -huh. This book is about teaching you how to do that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And and I can imagine that a lot of people are attracted to that um, because yeah. there's self-discovery in that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wish we in our school system and our parenting do teach children that and as they grow up. But we don't. We have the behaviorist model where somebody else controls and conditions us, to, teaches us never to trust ourselves. Only to trust science, which not all science process is good. It's not that I don't trust science, but I don't like that people 
accepted unexamined. I also don't like people rejecting it unexamined. That's equally uh, not useful. But until we learn to examine in our learning process what we're hearing and learn to create our own thinking, we're robots. And there are a lot of movies about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there are. And, you know, another thing, too, that I'm hearing, you can tell me if I'm hearing I'm mistaken, but that there's a level of curiosity that is very, very important in this process of of noticing and getting curious. And that's part of a learning process. Would you agree with that? Well, I would push it. I don't disagree with it, but I believe it's not quite far enough. I believe we need to have what I call long thought work, which means since I was a young child, I worked on the okay. same thing, the very same thing. I commit, and all of us do, but we don't notice it, and we don't do it very well then. Where I started asking, how do human beings work? And all the stuff I read in psychology, getting my doctorate in psychology, and everywhere else I disagreed with. I kept saying this is garbage because it was all nearly behavioral, worked in a strange way. So I have every year uh, published something since I knew you could do that, that causes me to push my thinking. So it is curiosity, but that's kind of a lightweight way of saying it. If you're dedicated, and I feel called, uh, demanded since I was, and I'm 80 years old, to every year get smarter about how people work. And I do that by writing, podcasting, educating, but all of that makes me grow. And so it's a, a commitment to getting smarter every year about a big subject like how do human beings work? So I know I, curiosity is a good door. Okay. And, and commitment to self. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, the Carol, thank you so much for coming on the direct impact podcast. You have definitely made an impact on me and I hope that you will make an impact on our listener as well, because I, I really, I feel like the way that you show up to disrupt is something that we can take with us and bring into our daily life. We can disrupt our own thinking. (laughs) We can challenge ourselves. And so again, Carol, thank you so much. I'm going to link to your books and to your podcast and all the things in our show notes. And again, just thank you to our listener as always, because just by listening, you make a direct impact. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein.